Hello, it's Natalia Lloyd and welcome to my podcast, Beehive Household. As part of my interior design business, my first chat with my clients is a deep dive into their lifestyle and daily routines to be able to understand how they use their homes. And this is where the idea for this podcast came from. So subscribe and listen to find out about the daily routines of my extraordinary guests, their mindset, their choice of interiors, but most importantly, how their life at home sustains their success and much, much more. On this episode, I'm in the virtual presence of one of the UK's best dancers and performers, Kevin Clifton. Being a son of two former world champions, Kevin started dancing competitively from a very young age. He was a youth world number one and four-time British Latin champion and won international open titles in countries all over the world. In 2010, Kevin made his musical theatre debut in Dirty Dancing, the musical at the Oldwish Theatre in London's West End. From January 2008 to June 2013, he was one of the principal dancers of the Burn the Floor Dance Company, performing in the show's record-breaking Broadway run, as well as starring at the Shaftesbury Theatre in London's West End. He also performed with the show in Japan, Australia, South Africa and the United States. After two unsuccessful editions, Kevin made it third time lucky and appeared on series 11 of Strictly Come Dancing and was then a star of the show for seven years. In 2018, he was paired with the English television presenter and journalist and now Kevin's partner, Stacey Julie, and they won the show after a series of stunning dance acts and passionate performances. In 2019, Kevin decided to quit Strictly to pursue other projects and I am looking forward to find out what makes a person with such an incredible career tick what Kevin's home life is like and how his mindset has changed going through different stages of his life. Can I, can I just uh, start with saying that um, I've never had to chase a boy this much, so I'm happy <laughs> I got you here on this podcast. <laughs> I did it. I feel glorious. So welcome, so <laughs> welcome to Beehive Household. <laughs> it's just I been did like it. one <laughs> I feel very honored, honestly. Um, so I wanted to, to take you slightly back because obviously on this podcast, we're, we're talking, we're drilling into your life behind closed doors, kind of what, what your mm-hmm. home environment is like and mm. how are you feeling, what your mindset is, what your routines are. So I wanted to take you back to Waltham where you yes. grew up first. So both of your parents were professional dancers and mm. you and your sister followed the footsteps. So what was your home life like back then? What were your daily routines to ensure that you become this star dancer that you are now? Yes. Yeah, so, so I started dancing when I was about four years old. So I'm told, like, I don't really remember like my first <laughs> dance class or, or whatever, but um, so my mom and dad had a dance school, Clifton Dance Academy. And um so I'm told me and my sister just we'd get taken along sometimes to the dance classes and um, we would just be sat at the back, like just, you know, trying to 
keep out of the way and with a coloring book or something. And um, we just started joining in apparently because it was exciting, everyone jumping around in front of us. So we just started at the back of the room trying to copy everyone. And then from there, mum and dad obviously put us into some kids class. Um, yeah. And so dancing was just, it just became a, I've, I've always known it as like a part of my life. So it was very much routine. It was, um, you know, from like go to school, come home, have something to eat, go to dancing. It was just, it, it, it was never like this thing that I started doing as long as I can remember, it's always been part of my routine. Um, so yeah, I just, I was around dancing all the time. I was at the dance school all the time. Um, so that's what my life looked like really. Um, yeah. And then, and then, yeah. And then we started taking it quite seriously, like sort of from, I think I did my first competition when I was about six, six or seven, something like that. Um, and then it became, okay, I'm a competitor now. And it was like, okay, we are having lessons regularly to get ready for competitions. And it's sort of, it's sort of all I knew. So was there any, were there any other classes like typical, you know, hockey, football, how were you managed to balance it all? Or was it mainly dance, 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 dance? Yeah, it was mainly dance. So, so like, I love football. I'm still a big football fan. Um, and I always wanted to sort of join the school teams and stuff like that. But um, it Could became... support? Well, my team is Scunthorpe United. Uh, they're, in, they're in League Two. <laughs> they're right. like my, my home <laughs> club. <laughs> my knowledge of football, I don't even know why I've asked because my knowledge of football is very poor. But I had Ryan Bubble on the podcast um, oh, yeah. just in previous episodes. So, um, and my husband is, is a Liverpool fan. So that was easy. Oh, right, it was right, just right, like, right. yes, now I'm cool for my husband. So, tick. <laughs> <laughs> so but go ahead. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so, so things like that kind of fell by the wayside a little bit. Um, and also there was this worry that like, well, oh, if you play football, you're going to get injured. Um, and, you so, and, you, and then you can't dance you can't do these competitions and um, so yeah I, I, I do feel like I sort of had to miss out on a lot of that stuff um, and then you know as you get older um, just I probably missed out on quite a lot of going out with mates and stuff you know um, because I was just always dancing so yeah like my life was was dancing basically <laughs> it takes it takes a lot of sacrifice if you put your head into something seriously it it does um, it does take away from something for sure, um, and um, yeah. so now um, you're obviously a mega star. There's the <laughs> dancer that is um, you know celebrity dancer that is widely recognized, and obviously strictly come dancing gave is is that the project that gave you that um, that fame um, at first, um, or was it before? Well, in terms of in terms of being well known, yeah. I mean, I, I did um, one of the biggest things I did was I did Broadway um, in two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did, yeah, I did Broadway Broadway with a show called Burn the Floor, which has been a, yes. a huge part of my life. I'm still a, it's still a massive part of my life. Um, yeah, because yeah, I left competitions um, in my twenties to go and join to go and do theatre, mm-hmm. um, and and so I, I did. Burn the Floor, 2009 on Broadway. And then um, I did Dirty Dancing, the musical in the West End in 2010. So those are sort of a couple of big things that I did, but it's not necessarily, um, you know, you don't become a celebrity out, <laughs> out yes. of that. Um, then Strictly Come Dancing came about in 2013. And um, it, it was at a time when I just thought, I could have stayed doing Burn the Floor. I was on and off touring with Burn the Floor for a few years and I loved it. And, and I thought I could stay doing this 
forever and be happy. But, but then you can't do that forever because my body won't let me do it forever. Um, you know, I'm not going to be, oh, come on. <laughs> well, I'm not going to be in, in the burn the floor dance company when I'm 55. I, I just, I, I always felt like Strictly Come Dancing obviously was a massively successful show and, um, and, and a really great show. And, and, I, and I just thought maybe initially I, I thought maybe that'll help to with different opportunities. Um, you know, if, if I just sort of expand a little bit and, and yeah, do something that's a bit more well-known. Um, mm. And, but then, you know, I, I joined and I ended up loving it and, and mm. I, I just thought, oh, maybe I'll do it for a couple of years but I ended up absolutely loving it and, and stayed for, for seven years. But it took me a while to get on the show because I got rejected twice um, before getting on the show in terms of auditioning for it. But and yeah, persevered. Yeah, yeah. Mm, don't take um, rejection on the chin. That's a, that's a good, um, good example of people that fail at first, second attempt and so on. Yeah, I mean, it's Going. easier said than done, you know, in, <laughs> especially in the performance. Everyone arts. is saying that as well, yes. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you're getting rejected all the time in, in, in the business that I'm in. Um, so it, it's easier said than done. But, um, but yeah, you, it's, you just, you have to take it as a, as a learning experience of, uh, as long as you can find out, okay, why didn't I get the job? What can I improve on? Um, and, and then build from there. And, uh, and I found out that, that the problem was my image. Um, I was, <laughs> they were happy with the dancing, happy with the teaching and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I was, I was a goth. Uh, I had oh. long black hair down to my shoulders and black eye makeup and black fingernails and, um, rings and chains and yeah. I'm, right. <laughs> I was very gothy. So they were like, we don't, we don't need this, this guy for, for the most successful show on TV. <laughs> Um, oh, right. I found out that was the case. And, Not and so then, much for diversity then. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it was just, I think it was more that my, my image was, well, my sort of thought process was, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be like the rock star of the ballroom and everyone's got to get used to it and I'm going to change it up and blah, blah, blah. And they really didn't need to change it up. You know, they had no need to. They were massively successful. Um, so they were like, you know, it's it's primetime family show. We don't need this scary looking guy. <laughs> so, um, but but then so I found that out and and just did something about that and and uh, cut my hair and put a shirt and tie on and um, ended up getting the job. <laughs> well, it is quite a drastic change, though, mm. from goth to boy next door yeah image kind of thing so how are you how are you finding this image now how are you living do, do, do you are you tempted is it like in the evening you just come out uh, with with stacy like black nails like the wig on the makeup on like it, it must be somewhere in you if you liked it you know if, you, if this was your style it's not so easy to just cut it out um yeah i'm always, the secret between you and i <laughs> yeah i'm always tempted because I, I, I to to sort of go back to that but um Stacy thinks it's hideous. She hates it. Um, and the other day I was actually, because there's a, an event coming up called Rise Up With Arts where, uh, that I was performing at, where it was recorded in a theatre and I was singing. Um, uh, I used to be in a show in a musical called Rock of Ages and uh, yes. I was playing like a rock star and, and he sings Bon Jovi's Dead or Alive. So I was singing that song and I had to sort of dress up all rocky for that to, to play the part. So I was in my absolute You element. were like, yes, yes, yeah. I'm doing it. <laughs> leather jacket on and sunglasses and had all these rings and I, I felt amazing. And, <laughs> and I, I came home and, stay, and Stacey was like, don't, 
don't come near me dressed like that. It's like a different person. Like this. <laughs> mm, that's a tricky one. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, the, the balancing act, you know, and uh, mm. being what other people want you to be. Mm. Yeah, that's something I've always struggled with, um, and. And, and, and I felt like I sort of, I, I guess for Strictly, I had to, it, it's not like I had to become a different person. That there's, there's different sides to everyone. You know, everyone's a, mm. a different person in different situations, you know, like out on a night out with your best friends compared to, um, you know, going to visit your mother-in-law or something. Yes. It's like, yes. you're, you're two Very different Very different. And um, mm. so for me, it was, when I went on Strictly, it was, it was, it's still a real side of me. It was just a different side of me. And that's the side that worked best for, for that environment, I think. For work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a different avatar, if you may. Yeah. So you just need to put on and, uh, and perform. Yeah, well, now I'm worried about the goth avatar just being suppressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it got to come out when I was doing Rock of Ages. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so now you've um, moved into... Um, your partner's face is Julie's new stunning Victorian home. Mm. Is, that, is that right? Yeah. So, and yeah. people were getting uh, this little snippets of um, of it on social media, mainly which Stacey shared. So, how yes. much of a say are you having on the interiors? Um, very little. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, she's obsessed with it. She's absolutely obsessed. Um, she like all she does is look at houses and you know different ideas for for different rooms like all all day every day she loves it and because before we were, we were in a little flat well I was in a little flat in Kingston and she was in a little flat in um sort of near Notting Hill oh you lived um, in Kingston yeah yeah oh, I'm, I'm around Hampton Court area oh, okay cool yeah my yeah, neighborhood yeah. <laughs> yeah um we've probably walked past each other at some point <laughs> but, I, I, um, I would have known <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the one like can you please sign this <laughs> um so yeah I was just in this little flat in Kingston and um I I was just renting it and and I, I didn't really change anything from when I, when I moved in um and Stacey was in Notting Hill and but it was a tiny flat and it was during lockdown that we just went because I pretty much moved in with Stacey in, in Notting Hill and it was locked down and, and we just went, you know what, we, we need a bit of space because we were, we were so sort of just, you know, lock, locked up in that room. And we're both yeah. used to traveling around so much that it wasn't so much of a priority for me because I was just always on tour, always doing different things. Stacey was always abroad somewhere filming documentaries. Um, but then when we were spending so much time in, we really got to sort of thinking we 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 need some more space. We need some outside space, you know, we need a garden. And we were like, yeah, but can we actually get something during lockdown? Is that a good idea? I don't know. Um, and in the end, we just went, yeah, let's do it. And and, and we, we bought this place um, in Southeast London, which is a, yeah, we've got plenty of space and a garden and it's now it's, it's absolutely become Stacey's baby. And she had all these ideas for it. And she sort of nervously went, you know, have you got any specific ideas that you want because I want to do all these things and I was like Look, you take care of it because you obviously you know you've got all these ideas and I don't have many ideas so um, <laughs> you take so Stace has been in charge of everything apart from one there was like a corner of the living room where 
she wanted to build like a little um like a little cupboard for all the wires of, you know, like the Wi-Fi and PlayStation and, you know, like all these wires. By the yeah, TV. like the, all the AV stuff. Yeah, she wanted, to, she wanted to cover it all up, but it's like a little cove in the wall and she wanted it to fit snug into that wall, but that would have meant having a smaller TV. So uh, that's, the, that's the one area that I fought her on and said, look, you've got you can't compromise. Map. Let me have this corner. <laughs> so we compromised and had it built so it sort of fits snug in, into that cove and then comes out on a diagonal so the TV can fit <laughs> on that. And that was my contribution, basically. <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs up. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a gorgeous home. And obviously mm. she's adopting this um, Scandinavian style with um, a lot of interesting um, accessories. And I, th- I yeah. feel like I need to have an interview with Stacey as well at some yeah, point, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> to talk about the interiors and fashion behind it. 100%. You need, you need to introduce me to her. She'll love that you said Scandi. Like, that's, that's what she keeps saying. Like, I want it to feel real Scandi in here. And it's, it's, it's quite bare. What does it, what does it mean for you? <laughs> it seems to mean lots of sort of wooden floors and space and candles and flowers. <laughs> and 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 I've seen a lot of um, very quirky accessories with um, um, bosoms and bottoms vases. Oh yeah, yeah. She loves this. Um, An- Anissa Kamiche is that the name of the designer of, of sort of oh yeah um, yeah yeah vases yeah. and and things like that that all seems to be yeah boobs and bumps. <laughs> well, there you go. She's setting the scene. <laughs> <laughs> So what is it that you really love about this house? So apart, obviously, from Stacey being there, what else yeah. is what else is in, in the house that really kind of, um, while she's looking after the interior, I get it, but how does mm. it feel? So the, the space is, is the first thing. It just, it's, there's something very calming about having lots of space. And I think the way, the way Stace has, um, organized it is very calming because I wouldn't have known, but when we first moved in, I would have happily lived in it the way it was before she started yeah. decorating it and doing it. I would have been like, this is fine. This is perfectly livable. And she was like, you're crazy. <laughs> and then, and then since she's sort of taken over and done it all, um, it, it definitely does feel better. It just feels a lot calmer. I think the people that were in here before had a lot of stuff, you know, how you can accumulate stuff and there's oh, just gosh, things lying yes. around everywhere and shelves of things and drawers full of things. And, um, you the know, clutter, and then, the hated clutter. Yeah. Mm. And then things that just like a big table there. It's like, you've got to fill up the space with, with, with things. Stace is very like, I want to keep it as bare as possible. She's quite sort of minimalist with it, with it all. And she's my kind of girl. Mm. Right. And, and I can see all like your walls. It's very, it's very white and stuff. Whereas yeah. the people in before had like yellow walls and now she's, we painted all our walls um, white, yeah. and um, and it, it it's it's had a real calming effect on me. I, I can definitely see the benefits of of how it is. I never have the idea in the first place, but once she's done it, I go, oh yeah, this feels this feels really nice. And it's funny because because if if I'm gonna shop for something, and this is whether whether it's something to go in the house or it's clothes or whatever, if I'm gonna spend money, I feel like I've got to spend it on something fancy I've got to really like the look of it and whereas Stace likes to buy like the things she she buys like this desk that I'm that I'm sat at right now Mm -hmm. it's it's not like a big fancy desk it's just quite a simple 
desk, but it looks really cool in here. But I would have, like, my eyes would have gone past it because it's quite yeah. simple, if that yeah. makes sense. And I would have never bothered with it because it's just, oh, there's there's desk. Where's a really cool desk with bits that come out and, you know, whatever. But she's really good at identifying simple, clean things to, to, to put in the room that just look right in the yeah. room. Um, so I've sort of discovered this through Stace. Um and the same with clothes and everything. It's like just quite simple but cool things. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it's not always the price tag that makes it really bring the joy and really work with the uh, um, with the interior. And that's that's the thing. Mm. Just similarly, like with clothes, if you come out wearing all the brands on you, it will yeah. not look tasteful and mm. stylish. So it's the similar mm. concept for the interiors. If you have mm. a focal point piece that draws their attention and brings that something quirky out. Mm. But then the rest is just complement complementing that. That's the Yeah, yeah. Mm. The one the one wall that's not completely white is the bedroom. And we had a big and, and this is exactly where she's got a good eye for things, because we, we had this big debate about it. She she was trying to show me pictures of, of what she meant. And it's <laughs> it's called <laughs> it's called agitated movement. <laughs> yeah. And this sort of thing, I go, oh, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't really understand. And to me, she'll show me pictures of it. And it just looks like sort of a white wall that like, for me, it looked like it had got mold in it. Like, you know, it's sort of patchy. And, and, and it was about four times the price. And, and I was thinking, why are we paying four times the price to make it look like we've got mold in the walls? And we had this thing that I really didn't want to, go for it i was like just paint them white like all the other walls it's yeah, fine yeah. it's going to look really nice it's really clean da, 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 da. um but now we've got it and i really like it it's like mm. again it's really calming and it's um it feels it gives quite... a bit of a texture the texture the, the it's it's mm. not out there it, and actually on stacy's social media that paint really drew attention i was as part right. of my research and uh, you know preparation for the interview of course yeah. um i've i've, I've looked the everyone's like, what is this paint? Tell me, tell me, what is it? How did you do this? How did you achieve this effect? And it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so she's got a really good eye for things like that as well. And, and just things that I wouldn't, wouldn't really have ever even thought of. I can see in your, in your room, you've got like some plants. Like mm. she's really into that as well. She, she really likes having some plants around um, yeah. or, or just bun or flowers, you know, bunches of flowers. Um, to, to, to put in the room and like me in my flat in Kingston like the I think the the biggest thing I changed in that flat that I was was renting is that I put some <laughs> stickers on the light switch that was Star Wars themed that said light side <laughs> and dark side <laughs> and Love it. my housemates that I lived with um dropped off like some things that I left there which were like some Star Wars coasters of like Darth Vader and, <laughs> and, uh, and a stormtrooper and they dropped them off and um I was like, oh, wicked, yeah. And then for the last week, I haven't been able to find them. And I said to Stace, did you, did you throw away my Star Wars coasters? And she went, I just think for all the work that I've done in these rooms in this house, it's, it's unrealistic to think that they would play a part in it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, um, it certainly reminds um, yeah, quite a few situations with me and my husband, so I can completely relate to that. <laughs> but this is quite funny, yeah. And, and everything has to fit the aesthetic, like everything. If if we're if we're get, I can see you agree. Like I am, I am, <laughs> I am with Stacey there. <laughs> like she would rather, like even say if we buy a toaster, 
She would rather it's not a great toaster that doesn't, it doesn't do the bread as well as another toaster, <laughs> but it looks right in the kitchen. Oh my God. I honestly, is- I feel like she's my soul sister. I, ha- I have <laughs> to have her on my interview at some point. hundred <laughs> percent. This is, yeah. Everything. Is no, important. just everything, everything we buy. She, like, like now I'm aware, like it has to be aesthetically pleasing in some way. I even put, um, I bought some weights, like some, some dumbbells. Just, just, <laughs> yeah. and, and even then when I was buying them, I thought I can't have ones that she's going to be annoyed with lying around. So they're just here. <laughs> Please don't tell me the iron Scandinavian style as well. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're really good. Like that with wood. They oh, match the this wood is in this so, room. This is so cool. Do you know what? I will, for the, um, when this episode comes out, I need a photograph of your dumbbells. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> like, for like the listeners to see wood. exactly yeah. what you're talking about. This is what I mean. Like they, everything now, now I've become so aware of it. Everything has to match the aesthetic. And, and, like, and my friends as well dropped off um, like a microwave and they're like, we don't have a microwave. And, and like, do you want this microwave? Because um, we don't need my friends who are like moving into a new place and that. And they're like, we don't need this anymore. Do you want this? And we were both like, oh, yeah, we could really, we haven't got a microwave actually. And they dropped it off and it doesn't match the aesthetic. So it's not going to stay. It's not going to stay. No, it's got no. to go. It's got to go. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Warm up on the hob, you know? No, absolutely. Oh, just. I have, I have nothing to add to this because it's so, you know, it's, it's a, it speaks to me. Absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. So speaking of your routines with Stacey, what, what routines do you share and are they complementary? Are they very different? What's your wake up? Like what are your days, you know, days are like? Um, she likes to get up a little bit earlier than me because I'm quite a night owl and she, and she's a morning person. So I think that's where we have like our little bit of time. You know, when you just have your little bit of time on your own when no yeah. one can disturb you and you can do what you want. Stace likes mm. that in the morning. She likes to get up and just put the news on and make a cup of tea and just sort of, in terms of just sitting doing nothing, not in terms of like getting work done, just yeah. in, in terms of just being able to have your bit of time. A bit of me time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stace likes to get up before me and just have, you know, maybe half an hour of just a cup of tea, the news is on, she's not thinking about anything b- b- before the day starts. Um, and then I like to have that at night time because I'm a real night owl. Um, so right. Stace- Is it late nights for you, late, late? What time do you go to bed? Um, I'm, I'm a lot better than I used to be. I, before I met Stace, I, I used to be sort of three in the morning, four in the morning sometimes, just I, I find, because a lot of the time when I'm doing shows, Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing afterwards and I've got a lot of adrenaline adrenaline and I find, yeah I find it difficult to wind down um and and also I find that I'm a lot more creative at night time I, I suppose it's different for everyone um but interesting yeah I always found that like say when I was choreographing a dance for for Strictly um normally Sunday would be the day for that. You do the live show on the Saturday and you record the results show on the, on the Saturday night, which, and Sunday's supposed to be your day off. But if you're through to the next week, you're choreographing your next dance um, to start teaching them on Monday. And I would look at it and go, right, I've got all day 
to do this and I thought I'm going to get it done early always I'm going to get it done early get it out the way and then the rest of the day is mine just to to chill out and it would never happen because I'd be trying to come up with ideas I'd be struggling and and just not quite you know I'm not happy with it scrap that start again can't get started can't get started and then it'd get to four o'clock in the morning (laughs) it's all done flowing yeah right and then and and then things would start to fire and then I'd be doing it till three four in the morning and then I'd be really happy with it and 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 everything starts to fire and I get more creative so I I just I've always been a bit of a night owl um I have to say like nowadays I'm I'm not quite as bad as that um Mm. but still like when Stace goes to sleep I'll probably have another half an hour to an hour of just doing something either like what watching something or reading something or you know listening to a podcast or or just doing something uh, before I go to sleep yeah so it it sort of works out nicely for us (laughs) yeah definitely so how often do you dance around the house I just imagine that you guys you know just rehearsing this newly made up routines all the time like every day is that like that you know what Stace loves dancing she just like don't tell me you don't obviously you do as well <laughs> no I don't I, I I don't like dancing in the house at all what? I've always done it's always been part of like my routine and my job and it, it's what I do as a as a performer like I, I have no sort of uh no wish to to dance at home uh, <laughs> I never dance for fun it's really weird Stacey makes fun of me because I never dance for fun I'm always dancing as a performance or like as, as you know as, as my job um, I never just dance for fun I also don't quite know what to do when I'm dancing for fun <laughs> like so, so hang on like back prior the pandemic in I don't know in a club in a bar you wouldn't dance no it was big, wow my birthday party um like yeah pre-pandemic days and and Stace sorted out this whole party in 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 this bar and loads of my friends were coming and everyone was dancing like all night and I spent the whole night just chatting like and stand just standing at the side chatting because I just I don't know I've got no wish to get up on the dance floor Stace loves it she's just bought an um like she's got Spotify and Bluetooth and a speaker but of course she's bought an aesthetically pleasing radio for the kitchen Mm, um, I wonder if the same as mine. <laughs> I don't know, but she's bought this radio, and now it's like she gets up and she puts her music on when she's cooking, and she's always wanting to dance. And she's sometimes she'll grab me and and go, "Come on, do dance with me, dance with me." And she wants to go back into her ballroom hold that she learned. Yeah. On and sometimes sometimes she'll get me up dancing for like a few minutes, but um, she's dancing around the house nonstop. Um, I don't really dance at all you don't dance you just watch how yeah. how interesting wow then you, you you mentioned your birthday parties and obviously in the pandemic we're now in a very different situation but who do you guys hanging out with do you um do you throw like house parties and stuff we're dying to, we're, we're dying to throw a party in this house because obviously we moved during the pandemic so we haven't been able to have people around and she's dying yeah. to sort of show it off and and you know have everyone round for a party because now we've got a bit of space as well um we we actually um we've got this basement which i'm none of this is going to happen but i don't think but stace has got all these plans to like to transform the basement into a a bar yeah a bar bar glorious because she's obsessed with gloria estefan yeah Uh, 
So yeah, we, we're, we're really dying to have everyone round. Um, and the area where we've moved as well, we've got quite a few friends because um, we, we didn't know where to look. We were looking all over the place. And then some of our friends were texting us going, come and live near us, come and live near us. And we're like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, and then we finally sort of just went anyway for something to do um, and had a look at some places and, and fell in love with this one. So we've got a, quite a few friends around here. Um, so yeah, we're really looking forward to when we can, to when we can do Host. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, is it um, in in terms of the people that you hang out guys with? Is it is it mainly your dancing? Like, is it from Strictly Come Dancing? Who who do you bond with? Who who is your tribe? A, a few people from Strictly Come Dancing, but to to be honest, mainly just sort of our close friends that are not not involved in that world. Um, to be honest, um, yeah, Stacy's got sort of her gang that she some that she sort of worked on documentaries with or some that she, she grew up with in Luton that are now like, don't live too far away. Um, I've got mates around. Um, well, a lot of my, a lot of my best mates uh, still live up in Grimsby um, mm -hmm. and, and one of them in Australia. So like my, my closest, closest group of friends sort of aren't, aren't in this area, but, um, but we, we, we've got quite a few friends, like I say, that are not involved in, it's quite nice just having people around, that are not in that world. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong with the people in that world, but like then, you know. Just in, just in case they want you to start dancing, you know. That's, That's the it. thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. it, I get it, yeah. No, not again. <laughs> oh, I love it. So um, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna step a little bit back and actually dig a little bit deeper. So you have two relatively short, uh, I say, marriages behind you. Mm. and you were still married when you met Stacy when you were paired up on mm. Strictly Come Dancing in 2018 mm. and went on and won the series mm. so how was it for you behind closed doors dealing with a mix of emotions of actually winning the show that you devoted so many years to and going through the divorce at the same time and still having to work with your ex-spouse Karen how was it? Um It was actually okay. Um, me, me and Karen have, have, have always remained good friends and it's been very amicable, um, the, the, whole, the whole process, um, which, which is good because I think if it, if, if it wasn't like that, then we it, would have been, it would have been very difficult. But um, no, we, we've both been very professional through that whole thing and, and, and you know, we've both been on, on good terms. Um, in, in terms of like when, when me and Stace won, it, it was a mad time because, you know, a, apart from sort of those personal things, I, I, I'd gone through a bit of a rough time just sort of mentally in, in my life for a few years. I, I, I struggled. And I think it was a mix of being totally burnt out from just, I, I never really took a break. It was always just project to project. And, and just, I always throw myself into something like into a project and I'm so sort of committed to it. And, um, I think I was totally burnt out and, and just going through a bit of a rough time mentally. Um, mm. And I'd, 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 I'd gone through a few changes. Um, you know, I'd sort of, you get to a point where you go, okay, I've got to, I've got to turn this around somehow. And uh, I, I did a few things like um, a Tony Robbins course and, you know, all of those things in terms of just getting myself together. Um, yeah. I cut 
alcohol out of my life and, and, you know, made a few decisions like that. Mm-hmm. And so that 2018 series of Strictly was very much, it felt like me getting myself together and getting a lot more focused. Um, right. which, yeah, I mean, the result, <laughs> the result was that me and Stace won, but like, oh, I mean, Stace was amazing. I'm not, not going to take all the credit for it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she, she was, she was awesome. But uh, I think, I think when me and Stace eventually got together and, you know, and, and after winning and, and all of that, I was in much more of a place of, um, I f- like good things were, how can I express it? I was allowing good things to happen yeah. to me and I, I was in a much better place for them to happen, okay. if, if that makes sense, because I was yeah. a lot more together as a person, um, whereas I had been sort of quite chaotic and uh, yeah, there's a lot of things going on for me. Um, but yeah, like 2018, I was in a much better place. And um, yeah, and then and me great and things happened. And yeah, and then later on, we ended up <laughs> in a relationship. And yeah, I think there was just more space for, for those things to happen. Yeah. Was meant to be. And what would your advice be? Because obviously now we, we have a lot of people um, dealing with mental health issues and feeling quite down for one reason or another and pandemic is not helping obviously mm. it, it it does impose certain darkness whilst a lot of people found a lot of um let's say a lot of people looked inside and actually managed to grow through the period but at the same mm. time it 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 does have a stressful side to it and huge mm. impact on people spending a lot of time by themselves and stuff so you with you having gone through some difficult times what what is what what helped you? What actually? Um, so you 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 mentioned that you cut out alcohol, the the course mm. as well. Um, but what was the um, mindset change for you? One of the things that one of the, one of my biggest takeaways when I did the Tony Robbins course was um, the idea that actually you're not broken. You just need to get back to your sort of true version of yourself, and I think a lot of the times when we're going through a lot of stuff, I think we convince ourselves that we're broken, that, that, that we need to be fixed. And, and that's how I felt at the time. I, I was like, just, I'm, I'm not right. I need to fix m- myself. myself. And, mm-hmm. and on the Tony Robbins course, he, he was sort of saying, and, and I also talk a lot with uh, Russell Brand is a good friend of mine. And um, uh, I, I spoke to him a lot around that time as well. And, they're both saying similar things about how like when you're a kid you you're just new and you don't know anything and you don't have any sort of um perception of anything you just sort of do what you want so if like if I'm two years old and right now I just want to get up out of this chair and run around this room going ah you just do yeah. it yeah it, you don't know any different as, as as we get older we we sort of learn things that like oh you can't behave like that Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, and some, um, some of them for good reason. That would be rude if I got up and started just <laughs> running around the room right now. No, please do, please do. That's going to be quite liberating and different, actually. <laughs> but, um, but also what we do is we start to form this thing that we end up calling our identity, is that we, 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 it was described to me as like we're a blank sheet of paper and then we start putting all these stickers on ourselves. So we, we put this sticker on myself. Okay, I dress like this. I this is the kind of music that I listen to. These are the type of friends that I have. This is how I behave in these situations. And we, yeah. and then for whatever reason, we, 
once these stickers are on us, we don't we don't want to take them off. We we mm-hmm. we we fight for them. And so so for example, when I was in that zone of um, you know, I'm a goth, it was like even if on some days I didn't want to dress like a goth, or even if say some sugary pop song came on and I actually quite liked it, I wouldn't yeah. admit that I liked it. Or you know, I wouldn't dress how I wanted to dress on that day. I'd, ha- I'd fight for my gothiness because that's my identity now. I'm a goth and I listen to rock music and I have black fingernails. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's weird how we sort of fight for it to stick to what I am when actually yeah. we don't have to do any of that. It's just, and, you know, you can sort of be whatever you want to be in terms of your identity as a person. And But we put these stickers on ourselves. And I think sometimes we put so many stickers on that we we drown in it and go, mm. oh my God, this now, and I can't get out of it because this is how everyone knows me. This is, you know, I can't change anything because I've, I've built this now, this identity. And the Tony Robbins course, and also what Russell Brand was saying to me at the time is like, actually, you're still just underneath all those stickers. You're just you, whatever, mm. whatever you is. It's just all this stuff that you've put on yourself. So you don't have to fix anything. You're not broken under those stickers. You just, just take some of the stickers off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, for example, um, you know, in, which in terms, stickers did you take off? Well, say stopping drinking alcohol was was a big one for me because it was just it, part of the the culture of being a performer. I mean, lots of people drink anyway, obviously. But like I was saying at the time, I was about to go on tour, and and Russell was like, "How about you try taking off that sticker of like just drinking alcohol all the time." And I was like, but, but I'm going on tour. And he said, yeah, but that's just it. That's the point. You've got this sticker that says, I'm on tour. I've got to have a drink. And you don't have to. Like, you'll, what you'll do is you'll, like, you'll have a great show and you'll be with your mates on tour and you'll be feeling great. So you'll have a drink. You'll be all celebrating together. Or you'll have a bad show and you'll think, oh, the world's caving in. I'll have a drink because, yeah. you know, take the edge off. And it's like, that's the, the thing that's the answer to everything. It's like, it doesn't have to be. You can take that off. What, what if you were a person that doesn't drink for two months of that tour? I was like, okay. Because he did a thing where he, um, you know, obviously he's, he's quite open about his addictions in the past. Yeah. And, stuff, and, and he said that he started doing um, jujitsu basically because, as a practice for taking stickers off because it was like, he was saying, I'm not a person that you would imagine would go to jujitsu twice a week. Mm. But was, what if I can be a person that can go to jujitsu twice a week, then I can be anything because you, you can just substitute stickers or, or take them off or put new ones on or whatever. So I started toying with this idea and just went, all right, for two months of this tour, I'm not going to drink. And then yeah. I got to the end of those two months and went, actually that kind of worked for me. I felt a bit more focused. Um, it was a lot easier to deal with things. You know, I, I performed better. I was like, I'm, should I have a drink to celebrate that? And I was like, maybe I'll just carry on for a bit longer. And now it's been like coming up, coming up for three years. I just haven't had a drink just because it works better for me. And, and I think once you realize that, you realize that at, underneath all these stickers, there's, there's a person who you always have been. The things that you always have liked, you've just been pretending that you didn't or you've been pretending that you do like that stuff because just to fit in with those people or, yeah. you know, whatever underneath there's just you and the things that you like and the things that you want to do and I think the best thing that people can do is to get in touch with that and it's not necessarily an easy process but just what we've got what a lot of people have got at the moment is time 
And obviously, if you're, if you're struggling to put food on the table or for shelter, that's a whole different ball game. But mm. you know, if, as long as you, you've, you've got shelter and you've got food, then what you've got at the moment is probably a bit more time. Um, and it's interesting to get in touch with the things that you actually surround yourself with, the things that you actually like doing. And it might not be the things that you've been telling everyone else and yourself that you like. Um, yeah. And, you, you know, I, I found that I said for the longest time, I'm going to be once I finish dancing as, as a performer, I'm, I'm going to be a choreographer. And it was always what I told myself and what I told everyone. I want to be a choreographer. I'm going to choreograph musicals and Strictly Come Dancing and da, 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 da. I took a couple of choreography jobs and I was just hating it. Oh, and really? I, I didn't want to do it. And, and, and then I figured out I'm actually only doing this because it's what I've been saying I want to do for so long. But do I actually want to do this? Or is it just the sticker that I've put on myself, choreographer guy? And I actually figured out that what I wanted to do was just my thing that I love is, is performing. And, and so dancing and singing and acting. And so I just threw myself more into that. So sometimes it's just a case of realizing the stuff that you're really into and the stuff that actually brings you joy, as opposed to the stickers you've put on yourself, the things that you've told yourself and other people, I'm this, when it actually it might not be. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's it's hundred percent. It's a little bit of those um, stigmatized opinions that come from outside, as well as what you impose on yourself. But you rightly said things that bring you joy, and mm. this is what a lot of people, like you said, have had time to focus on and really mm. break it down. And that step that a lot of people made from um, into this a bit of granularity from. Mm being um kind of like um a bit more i want to say not spontaneous but um just superficial so that step from superficiality to granularity that's what pandemic kind of like gave but also Mm. going through 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 the struggles through mental struggles it's Mm. good that you had that those answers you know you had the right people to surround you and to actually bring you to those realizations to a bit of self-analysis a bit of self-awareness to learn Mm. what actually Kevin Clifton likes not what Mm. you know what you told yourself or what anyone else said I Mm. I absolutely love it what you just said that's important is having the people around you because I think when it comes to things like mental health there's still a lot of people don't want to say it like they don't want to mention it they don't want to say I'm I'm struggling Mm-hmm. but but the like you know look, people have had it much worse than me but like when I went through just you know a little bit of a period where I, was, I felt like I was sort of struggling I was sort of drowning and everything and didn't know quite which way to turn like I I was lucky enough to have people around and that I, I just sort of said it and the reaction wasn't you know oh come on grow a pair yeah or, or you know we don't believe you um it it was it was okay how how can I help you know like what do you need um let's let's talk about it let's let's do this you know and people throwing suggestions what if you did this what if you did that and 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 it was it was amazing just to take that little step back actually Mm, and it's a great call here to actually speak up not Mm. to be afraid of other people's opinions of it mm. or not to feel like you can't speak to anyone or ashamed to be talking about it because yeah mental health 
it's getting better, but there's a, it's still a huge stigma. Um, yeah. Putting yeah. it out there is super important. Reaching out to people because people, people love being of help. In, and yeah. um, everyone is ultimately, yeah, is, um, is, is just a point of time of not being um, ashamed of speaking, mm. speaking up about it. And uh, obviously, yeah, yeah. And um, kind of um, a dear friend of yours, um, um, late Caroline Flack, um yeah. so she's um, um I, I i personally just followed her and hugely admired and i think that came mm. as such a shock and um she obviously took her life as um just over a year ago wasn't it yeah yeah and obviously there was a huge um huge harassment and bullying that she had to go through with with regards to something that was happening in her private life and yeah. uh um, and you were a good friend of hers. You you met um, Strictly. Yeah, she did Strictly in 2014. She won, yeah. And she won, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, and that tragic story that didn't have to end that way at all. No, that's that's the thing when when people are going through things, you just don't know what what's happening in people's personal lives. And and I think when people are going through stuff, you just have to give them space to open up about it talk about it you know deal with it and obviously she was you know go, going through it and and it just became a media circus you know which was never gonna help um and that's why and that's why i feel like um so sorry i realized i've gone massively off topic <laughs> we're talking no, about it's like, a, do you know what it's so it's it's, it's, things, it's life that, but that's life yeah. this is you know but whilst the it's it's all I mean, the whole podcast is all about the feelings and the mindsets and what we're dealing through behind closed doors. That's this is ultimately it because those a lot of those people uh, feelings are being processed or not processed at home. You know, when you close the doors and something that happened to a dear friend mm. of yours and I, I obviously was a huge fan and mm. that happened exactly that behind closed doors when there yeah. was no one around and. Mm. Um, and it's just it's just unfair. And 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 when I was going through it, like I, like I don't want to say I was going through it to the same level that that Caroline was, but um, did you, you know, have what, suicidal thoughts as well? No, no, not not as bad as that. But I, I you know, I, I was just having a rough time. And at that moment, like I say, I reached out to to friends, and, and everyone was great. Um, you know, and talked to me, and, and and said, try this, try that. How can we help? And now I'm really good. Like I'm I'm in a really good place and and you know but I, I look at that a situation like that and I look at um you know the carry on around Harry and Meghan at the moment and and you know what happened on with Piers Morgan talking about it and 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 he said oh I don't believe her and I just think god if she, she's got it way worse than than <laughs> I ever had yeah. to deal with anything and if I, the position I was in, if I would have opened up and, and someone said, well, we don't believe you, especially publicly on TV and then got everybody outraged on social media, like it, it would have been a nightmare for me. It would have been chaos. And I probably wouldn't be good like I am now. And yeah. I, just, I think that kind of stuff is really irresponsible, irrespective yeah. of, of whether, whether you believe them or not. It's like, you don't need to say that. It's, exactly, exactly. It's yeah. just that level of sensitivity because it's a, 
um, it, it, you rightly said, irrespective of whether you believe or not, what mm. if it is true? Mm. That can be so detrimental to the other human being. And it mm. doesn't really doesn't matter what you think of her, what your position is on um, everything that's been happening. You know, there's this human being behind mm. it. And if mm. I, I, I'm absolutely with you. What made you, um, what helped you to speak up? What is, what is that trigger? Because obviously it's so we're recognizing now that it's you need to seek help you know when you are in that state you need to be able to talk what made you open up how how did you get to that um was there a period where you were suffering kind of within yourself without talking to anyone yeah um although i probably wouldn't have at the time i probably wasn't thinking of it in terms of oh, I'm suffering mentally or, you know, or anything like that. I was just carrying on about my life, thinking that I could just plow through and just getting to a point where it felt like every day it was horrible. And um, there, there was one weekend in particular where I, uh, like long, long story short, I was supposed to be going up to um, my mum and dad's to play. My dad liked playing golf. I, I didn't play, but I like our thing that we do together sometimes would be like, I'd, I'd um, go and just walk around caddying for him, like ca- carrying his clubs while he plays, and we just chat and you yeah. know talk. And you know, it was a nice thing that we do together sometimes. And um, like, long story short, I, I just there's one weekend I was supposed to do that. And we hadn't done it in ages, and Dad was really looking forward to it. And then I just I couldn't. Um, I ended up not making it, and 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 missed it, and and my dad was upset, and and. I think at that point I was just like, come on, like I, I've got to sort myself out. Like, you know, I, 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 life used to be better than it is right now <laughs> and, and, yeah. and got to change. Um, and, and at that point I just went, Oh God, I, I don't know what, but something has to, has to change like to friends. And, and, and at the same time, actually I'd booked to go on that Tony Robbins course and that, um, you know, some people are into that kind of thing and, and some people aren't. I went there for the Tony Robbins course for the, the first day when everyone was sort of jumping up and down and chanting and singing. And I was like, yeah. oh, very American and very, uh, <laughs> I feel a bit silly. Uh, <laughs> um, but then, you know, you get to the point where you're like, right, I've spent this money. I'm going to be here for four days. I, I might as well. Give it the best shot, yeah. Just submit to it. And if nothing happens, nothing happens. But if, mm. you, if you go and spend this money and don't, don't have a go at it then you've wasted your own time and money so I just sort of surrendered to the whole thing and and sort of felt quite good coming out of it out of them four days and and you know you start writing down okay it it just makes you identify like okay what specifically rather than just saying oh I don't feel good specifically Mm -hmm. what's wrong what what do you want to change and and be very specific about it and and then just and then just work from there and start taking action on it. And things, things just started getting better. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, okay, today everything feels amazing. It was just gradually, gradually things started getting better. I was performing better. I was better around my friends. I, I was just, um, I started booking more and more, you know, musicals and then one Strictly Come Dancing and, and, I don't know, everything just <laughs> gradually got better. 
Yeah, and, and obviously the change in your personal life, but now yeah. manifesting into this beautiful Scandinavian-styled house yeah. that you're building yeah. your new nest. 100%. Well, well done. Good on you. Yeah, so it's just, you know, I, I guess I went to the Tony Robbins course and went, okay, I'm not one of these jump up and down on, on your chair and think positive thoughts, guys. But, but what if I was for four days? Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? And then it... And, and, it was cool. well. <laughs> and it was cool there you go so keep doing that then and uh, we, we we obviously touched the subject on the mental health and mm. social media definitely has its darker side as well and mm. you are no stranger to dealings with mm. online trolling and um, and bullying is it something you take on a chin as part of your stardom or is it causing some sort of frustration and stress Um, I'm much better at it now. I think early days when I was first on Strictly, it was like an addiction. It was like, you know, you look for, I'm so used to a life of being judged by external things all the time. So I was, I was in in competitions when I was a kid, you know, it was like, whether I was feeling good about myself came down to how these judges judged me at the competition. Mm for whether I'm doing a good job or not. Then um, I'm in the theatre, I'm performing for an audience or reviewers or, you know, like it's, you get feedback all the time. The ovations, yeah. And, and, then, uh, and then on Strictly, it's literally like millions of people watching and four people sit on the panel and go, give you a mark out of 10. And then you find out whether the millions watching have voted you through to next week or not. Um, and then you come off out of that and it's like, it's like you're seeking out that validation. So you go straight onto Twitter to see what everyone thought of the dance and it shouldn't really, well, it should matter because you're, because you're doing it for them. You want to entertain everyone, but at the same time, social media is, is a tricky one because Mm -hmm. you get so wrapped up in people's comments and, and you know, now I just think like, you know, would you go to that person who's writing that thing on Twitter for advice? If not, then don't worry about what they're saying. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if it's some well-respected dance person that's saying whether they liked your dance or not, if it's, you know, Sir Matthew Bourne saying, um, I really liked it or didn't like it, you sort of go, okay, that's interesting. But if it's, you know, someone that you've never met or seen before and they've got a, a picture of an egg as their profile and a load of numbers and they've got two followers. Like it doesn't matter what their, <laughs> what their opinion is on, on your dance. Cause you wouldn't, you wouldn't seek out their opinion anyway. Um, yeah. Now, now I'm a lot better at it. I tend to sort of not look a lot of the time in terms of comments. Stacey's just come off Twitter because she was like, I, I don't know. I don't know why I have it. Like Instagram is her main sort of social media that she uses. She doesn't go on Twitter that much in terms of using it for promoting anything. Um, and she was like, Stacey said recently, uh, I was in a habit of, you know, first thing in the morning, just just by habit, you just check the social medias, check Twitter, and you see a load of trolling, you know, a load of horrible stuff about yourself. That's how you start your day. Yeah. And then you go to bed at night, you do the same thing before you go to bed. So you're waking up to start your day with some trolls and going to bed looking at some opinions of some trolls. And so she was like, this is the phone next to my bed. And she said, if this was some, an actual person, 
in my bed. I would consider that an abusive relationship. <laughs> so I'm just going to get rid of it. So she got rid of it and, and she feels much better not having it. I think people are on the whole a bit kinder on Instagram. Um, I've still got Twitter, but I don't, um, I don't feed into like, if, if someone says some horrible comment, I'm, I'm, it's a lot easier for me now to just block them rather than go, Oh, I've got to respond. Or why did they say that? Or yeah. Uh, but early days, especially when it sort of first became well known on Strictly, it was, it was horrible because it's social media and it's media as well, you know, newspapers and stuff. And you see things written about you. It's, it's horrible. Like when I first came on Strictly, there's one newspaper was crying out for that. They, they wanted more English professionals on the shows. There was too many foreigners and they wanted more English, but you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 And, um, and then uh, on that year in 2013, there was five new pros and I was the only English one that came on. And um, before I'd said anything on camera, uh, all, all that had happened is I'd been announced as a new pro. They hadn't seen me dance, hadn't seen me on camera, didn't know anything of what I was capable of. And they had a big like picture of me, which wasn't a big, very big, it wasn't a very flattering picture. They'd mm-hmm. obviously found it on a social media or something. And, and, um, and the headline in this paper was like, this pasty boy from Grimsby, is this really the best we can do? in England we've been crying out for more Brits is this the best we can do and I was like oh wow wow <laughs> that was my introduction to like being on TV the big, big world yeah the public eye I was like yeah. wow okay um well then, welcome to the to the big world isn't it a straight away yeah. yeah um and then what that does is that that riles everybody up you know people feel like they've then got a comment on social media and and, and it's sort of once they've read that, it's that they go, yeah, oh my God, is that the best we can do? And it's like, they've just been fed this thought. And then they, suddenly I'm getting all these Twitter messages and go, going, what are you doing on the show? Da, 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 da. I was like, oh my God, I haven't even started. How uh, crazy, how crazy. And obviously as any human being, we're all dealing with so many insecurities. You know, we're just constantly yeah. trying to evolve, trying to become better people. But confidence is certainly something it's like a constant search and it's so easy to knock it you know some people appear on the outside stronger than others but it's yeah. certainly when it's kicked like this it's I can't even imagine what it feels like and it's it's interesting I've never thought of it that way you said that you know as part of being entertainer you're right you constantly have need to have that validation it's, it's not that you need but you start off with it it's a mm it's almost a concept that would require validation, would require some sort of a praise um, from outside. And yeah. you getting used to it, because it's, it's very interesting. I've got uh, two little girls, so three and five, and something that I am trying to balance is the uh, actually the leverage, the praise, not to give too much and not mm. to give too little, kind of like the... And for them, exactly for that reason, for them to start seeking that validation from within rather than from outside for mommy to be, okay, mommy liked it, daddy liked it, my teachers liked it, then I'm, this is what I need to be doing. And yeah. from young age, it's something that, you know, every, every parent has their own approach, but I'm so aware of that balancing feedback for them not to stop being addicted to my approval or anyone else's approval but you're right in world of entertainment you being pushed 
through the whole career of that. So to find yourself back into how do I find that validation just within me and happy with my own appraisal of my own work, Mm. it's so hard. Mm. And it's getting more and more difficult for everybody because of social media, because social media becomes like a, like a video game now, where it's like you have your avatar where you, you put forward your best picture of yourself or your best idea of yourself in, in, in front of everyone. And you, you hope for in, in the same ways that you don't want your kids to get addicted to the, the approval all the time. You want them to find confidence in themselves. You know, do they like themselves? People, people now increasingly becoming addicted to followers, to likes, you know, that, yes. that feeling of like, how many likes did I get on that post? How many retweets did I get? How many followers, how many more followers have I got? What about compared to that person? Has that person got more followers of that? You know, and it's this, it's this race for, for the likes and the retweets. And that's right. People will, will go towards the things that is going to get them more likes. So rather than doing the thing that, that they, like you know we were saying like find you again rather than just all these stickers that you put on the stickers that are putting on are like okay that that's what gets lots of likes i'm going to do more of that and unfortunately on social media and in in the media and this is why it is the way it is is what tends to get a lot of attention and therefore likes and retweets and whatever on social media is outrage and arguments yes the virality of it yeah so you know if if i come off this pod if, if you come off this podcast and go onto your social media and say I've, I've just had a chat with kevin that'll get x number of likes or you could say i've had a, ch- a really nice chat with kevin that'll get a number of likes if you say i've just had a chat with kevin and he was really horrible and yeah. he said and he said some really nasty things and I've got a lot. Of, I've got a lot to say about it. That's going to get way more, more attention, yeah. like, because people are going to go, oh, "What's happened? Where's the outrage?" Where, where, I, I can see now why I don't get that many likes. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, oh, I love it. Yeah, you're right. If that's the case, and people have got this built-in sort of search for approval, search for them likes, then people are going to do it more and more. There's a there's a reason why. Piers Morgan talked about Harry and Meghan as, as much as he did and really went for it and was quite sort of like attacking. And the reason is people are going to watch. If, if he goes, yeah. if he says the next day, oh, they did that interview, they said X, Y, and Z. So many people will watch. If he goes, oh, outrage, 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 I don't believe her. And then he storms off set. A lot more people are going to watch. So... That's, so that's much game, so much. So it's just those mind games that mm. people, a lot of people recognize them, yet a lot of people still don't. And mm. it's the, it, the, it's a big problem. It's a huge problem for our generation, but also for the next generation. Where is it all heading? And you're mm. right. I mean, it's now the social media is kind of a new type of a beast that mm. um, completely it's destroying people's lives as well mm. as propelling them to these fake stardoms, but equally as quickly as if not mm. faster, just taking them off that pedestal and straight into the grave in the worst case scenario is horrible. Yeah. And um, mm. yeah, that, that's one thing that I, I sort of just had to let go of 
because I was so into, you know, I was so worried about what does everyone think of me because I'm just brought up on it. What, what does everyone think or do, do, do they like me or not? Is my performance good enough or not for them? You know, it was never about, do I feel good about my performance? Do I feel good about myself? It was always, you know, do, are they happy with it? Did I do a good job? Um, are they going to clap me? And it got to a point on, on a tour a few years ago where um, one of my colleagues that was in the show with me um, started nicknaming me Tinkerbell mm-hmm. because, um, you know, in the movie Hook, yeah, um, yeah. when Julia Roberts is, is Tinkerbell and it's yeah. like when she's, when she's dying, it, the whole thing is like you have to clap to keep the fairy alive like that so he was saying you like Tinkerbell because one there was a couple of nights on tour where we had an amazing night somewhere and we got four standing ovations like towards the end of the show and it was just incredible and I was buzzing I was I was coming off it I was like I have the best job in the world this is the best show we've done this is incredible well done everyone and I was just so happy about the whole thing because we've had four standing ovations the next night we were in a different city did exactly the same show we, we we went out we all went out performed amazingly and we got three standing ovations and it's like i wanted to give up because that uh-huh. felt what it felt like wow what another great show we did three standing ovations duh, 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 duh. that to me at the time it wouldn't do now but at the time it felt like they didn't like us as much as last night and and, so, and and my mate was like, you just got three standing ovations. And I was like, yeah, but last night we got four. We spoiled, must have, we must spoiled. Have, yeah. I was like, we must have not done something as well tonight. Uh, like maybe I'm just not good, as good as I used to be. I'm going to give up. You know, it was like that. And, wow, and you have, yeah. but that's, that's a, what I'm saying is that's a lot of people right now because like now it's just, oh, that post got this many likes, but oh, this post didn't get as many likes. Oh no, I'm, no, no, no. I'm ugly. <laughs> Do you know what I yeah, mean? That was yeah, a- yeah, yeah. And I got less likes than a, a quote. <laughs> like, uh, it must be me. Uh, that, that's the problem for everyone nowadays. Like we, we put so much um, emphasis on how many likes we can get and comments. And So true, so true. And honestly, I want for this episode to to get out there for as many younger people to hear exactly that, to just have that understanding what superficial metrics we have nowadays out there that we measure ourselves against and how detrimental they can be. And again, it's equally important not to get too ahead of ourselves, you know, too big for our shoes when the likes are coming and the shares are coming and the followers are coming. But at the same time, just not, not to let that affect us at all because the validation needs to come from within and it's not easy. And, you know, you and I are grown-up people and mm. there's still that... Uh, I can imagine what it does to a, a, a teenager's mindset yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. What, what they're going through now. It's so un- incredibly hard. And I think there's certainly more, more work needs to be done to adjust to this maybe because maybe something is coming but i feel like this whilst people are talking about it i don't think there's enough of information about it it's just by far not enough yeah but from my experience it's only when i started to let go of a lot of that as much as possible and go look if i you know if if people i'm going to do my dancing like this say on strictly or whatever i'm going to do my dancing like this and if people don't like it they don't like it it doesn't mean i'm a bad person it doesn't mean i'm a bad dancer or whatever yeah. you know 
that that one didn't get as many votes as that one or, you know, or whatever, and not take things so personally and not try to go after that, not try and think, okay, what can I do that is going to be liked more than the other stuff, you know, not trying to fit everyone else's um, expectations, just, yeah. just trying to be okay. Like take the stickers off. This is, this is me. And I'm going to go and put me out there and I'm going to do my thing the, the way I want to do it, as opposed to what I'm predicting they want me to do. That's and it right. was, and that's when everything started to come together. Like as mm. soon as I started to let go of all that, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm on my own track now. That was the, that was the year we won. I got an amazing new relationship, musicals, like all, all of this started to, started to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hundred percent. And it's that um, getting rid of that fear of being disliked and the yeah. getting the courage of being disliked is actually one of my favorite books as well. When you just isolate yourself from someone else's story it's their job mm. to pass on their opinion that's nothing to do with you nothing yeah. to do with what you do how you do it it's just their own story based on their own perceptions upbringing yeah. life situations life stories and it's um it's incredible skill it's a, mm. it's a lot of mind work 100 and i feel i think it, it it takes what helps certainly is people like you speaking up about it and sharing your, you know, your story that you were dealing with, you know, in, in private, but making it public and actually putting it out there. I think it's a great courage and it does enormous amount of good um, to the world. So keep, keep doing it, keep going. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Well done, Kevin. I'm very impressed. And um, as the Beehive Household podcast is all about home and subsequently family, I cannot not mention the fact that you became known as the fertility king, <laughs> right? Um, as this is because some, just for the benefit of the listeners, because some of your Strictly partners fell pregnant shortly <laughs> after the show. Yeah. So, Dooley was your partner on Strictly. Oh, good. Now your life partner. And um, where am I going with this? <laughs> Are there any plans to have children? I mean, no plans to. We have sort of talked about it here and there. Um, we're not planning it at, at the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's one of the things that we're like, I, I always feel like, oh, God, I'm not ready for that. But then everyone always says, look, you're never ready. No. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe at some point, but we're, we're not. It, it's not like something that's being planned at the moment. <laughs> right. Keep practicing for now. We'll see, we'll see how that um, fertility kink um, nickname is going to pan out for you. <laughs> I yeah. absolutely love it. Yeah, Frankie got pregnant straight after Strictly. And then, well, actually, yeah, Frankie and Wayne, yeah, she got pregnant. She was actually pregnant right at the end of Strictly. And, and she had to tell me um, because, like, we couldn't do any weeks. lift in the, <laughs> last, in the last couple of weeks and I was like you're kidding me it's like we're coming up this is the last couple of weeks we she's like I, I can't I'm, I'll throw up if I do any lifts like, like and nobody knew she's like I'm, I'm, I'm pregnant I'm like oh, okay okay and then I think it was Kelly got pregnant in 2015 yeah. after as well yeah. yes so you, you you got that nickname for a reason for sure <laughs> so obviously all eyes on Stacey now <laughs> 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 now I have a 
couple of blitz questions to um, round up our interview. Mm-hmm. Um, your top book recommendation that changed your mindset? Um, prob- that changed my mindset? Probably um, the values factor. Values factor. Uh, yeah, Dr. John Demartini. Ah, right, yes. Yeah, which was very much based on uh, that whole idea of what we were saying, actually, of putting your values sort of into a list of, of what you actually value, being becoming as aware as possible of what you actually value and what you want out of life rather than the things that you tell yourself or the things that you tell other people you want. Understanding. Yeah. yeah. Cool one. No one mentioned that before. On my mm. list. I've not read it. Love no, it. Yeah, it's really- Household tasks that you'd like to outsource? <laughs> um, household tasks that I'd like to. Outs- Are you the one washing dishes, cleaning, gardening? What, a- what do you like doing at home? I mean, we have a dishwasher and we have a cleaner. <laughs> um, that's already taken care of. The, the, the thing is, I've do you stuck- cook? No, this is what I was going to say because Stace cooks a bit. I really don't, but I'm really, I'm trying now because like during lockdown, when, when I couldn't sort of work in theatre, she was still able to work and go out and do our documentaries. And she'd be like a full day, like on a psychiatric ward or something, having a real, you know, difficult day. Yeah. And then come home and it, it got to the point where it was like, I can't expect her to come home from that and cook for me, who's just been in the house all day. Like I've got to learn something. So I've started to learn some things to do but like I just I'm I'm just terrible and I find it really boring what is your what is your best dish (laughs) (laughs) don't tell me pasta (laughs) no I learned how to do um it's like a fajita pizza like fajita base and put things on and stick it in the oven and and make your own pizza out of that which has sort of become my speciality because it's one of the like two three things I can do Um, is it on the pizza base no, it's like a, just the fajita, like... Just a fajita thing. Ah, like a wrap. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just put it flat, like the round circle, and then put the tomato base on it and cheese and then bits of whatever you want to put on it and stick it in the oven. Very creative. Yeah. <laughs> I, think my, my, I think my kids would love that. I'm going to try. <laughs> but if we could have a, just a cook that comes and cooks for us every day, that would be perfect. <laughs> Cooking. Got it. Got it. Favorite meal of the day and why? Um, I guess dinner when Stacy comes home and cooks it. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Dinner if if someone else has made it, or it's a t- <laughs> <laughs> and that's the best. Are, are you are you a pudding person? Yeah. 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 Cool. What's yeah. your favorite? And anything sort of like like a crumble and custard or a sticky toffee pudding. Oh my gosh. This, this is how my husband gives a good cook, but apple crumble is like the best that he, he's like, he's just one, he's way to my heart. This is apple crumble, best in town. So that I share. Absolutely. Top choice for a famous house guest. And it can be a current or a historic figure. Um, just to have someone round. Um, <laughs> anyone will do now yeah <laughs> uh, yeah um probably ricky gervais 
Oh, interesting. Ricky Gervais, amazing. I, I love listening to him and, and anything that he does. And I love everything that he does. His stand-up, his, his TV shows, like, yeah. Do you know him personally? No, I've met him briefly once at, okay. like, a, an awards thing. Um, but, uh, I, I, no, I don't know him. But he'd be wicked. I think he can come to your housewarming party. Yeah, we'll invite him. Yeah, do that. <laughs> do that. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> I'm just embarrassed, Stacey, because, like, she's... Um, we just had her birthday and I decided to put together a video of um, like a load of her friends all our best friends or people that she sort of loves or admires all oh, saying right. favourite thing about Stacey and I put together this hour long like movie of people and um, I also messaged a load of people that she's that she's just a big fan of and now she knows this she's so embarrassed that I did like because like not all these people were in the video but I was messaging loads of people so she loves Little Mix but the oh group. yeah um so I was messaging all the girls from Little Mix but um I don't think they saw my message so <laughs> <laughs> Little Mix girls can you please get back to Kevin Clifton <laughs> oh how funny I know that that didn't come on social media we only saw all the balloons Oh the, yeah, yeah. The the beautiful setting that you made, very romantic. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're romantic, Kevin, aren't you? Yeah, I suppose I am a bit. Yeah, um, I got her. Um, she's on um, Bake Off next week. Um, That's right. Celebrity Bake Off, and um, well, without giving too much away, she's not the best baker in the world. <laughs> and <laughs> the res- re- results of what she did, yeah, hilarious. So for her birthday cake. <laughs> Um, a replica made of what it was supposed to be <laughs> the cake that she was trying to make I had had someone make that for her birthday cake what is your I mean dream house and location are you in the dream house is it your forever home um I well I'd be happy with this being my forever home uh, Stacey I think is, is like oh we'll live here for a bit and then we'll go and live and Stace wants to live everywhere. She's always got all these ideas. One day it's she wants to go and get like move further out into the country somewhere and get a nice big space with massive garden and you know and, and all of that in the country. Yeah. Um, and then the next day she's like, let's let's get somewhere in Spain. And then, and then it's Glasgow. <laughs> and then it's like let's go and live in New York for a couple of years. And and uh, so yeah, Stace. Who, who knows? Who knows? Well, 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 hang on one second. I, f- I figured who wears trousers in the house. Tell me, where oh. do you want to live? <laughs> where do you want to live? <laughs> where's, where's, the, where's Kevin Clifton's, like, dream location? Um, probably, we'll probably end up somewhere in, in a bit further out in the country somewhere, I reckon. I, I, rec- I reckon that, that would be cool. But... But also, I do like the idea. I've already lived in New York once, so and I loved it. So um, I quite like the idea of just doing, not forever, yeah. not forever, yeah. but just go and live in there for a couple of years, maybe. So um, yeah, like when we, when we did Broadway, I was there for for about nine months, eight nine months, living in New York, and and I just I love New York City. I just I love it. So yeah, that, I like the idea of going back there. Fabulous, fabulous. Well. Kevin, it's um, it's it's been the most probably um, one of the most easygoing conversations, and I so enjoyed oh. it. And thank you so much for being so real, so authentic, so you, um, opening up on everything. You you just um, I feel like you you know holding back. You just you, and you own it. And I'm so 
happy also with the message that this podcast carries much deeper message out there for taking your stickers off, you know, mm. look into the bare you, think of yourself as the wholesome person, not a broken person, whatever life throws at you, you know, there's always, there's always strength within you. It's just mm. a matter of finding it. It's about reaching out to the right people, surrounding yourself with the right people. And you certainly now in a great place, yet, you know, challenges are happening as part of our lives, but it's, it's a process, it's a journey. And uh, you, the prime example, and I think how you speak up about it, how you bring that message and awareness out there is so helpful to so many So thank you so much on my behalf and on behalf of all the listeners for your authenticity, for your kindness. And I'm very happy. I, obviously, I feel the, the chemistry with Stacey is fantastic. And I see nothing but a bright future for you too in your beautiful candy-styled house with the garden. And, uh, but absolutely, uh, it was absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming to my podcast. It was worth the chase. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. And I'm, I'm sorry I couldn't be more helpful in terms of interior design because <laughs> Stacey's, the one, Stacey's the one with the eye. <laughs> No, um, and, and I hope I hope that part will cover with Stacey hopefully at some point yeah, yeah. in the future. But what was important is the is the mindset, is the strength that's coming from within. It's your story, your personal story that you had to deal with and how you overcome. And um, it's it's admirable and certainly um, certainly it's been my pleasure. Oh, thank thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beehive Household Podcast. Please don't forget to like, leave your review and share with your friends and family. For more information on the design services we offer, visit our website www.natalialloydinteriors.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook under Natalia Lloyd Interiors as well as LinkedIn. Bye now till the next episode. Look after yourselves and your loved ones.